0: Three, 2 one. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reactiverse Podcast, brought to you by Passion Fruit, and this is our season finale episode, uh, which I'm very proud of uh, for this first year of the Reactiverse Podcast. I started with uh, my good friend Greg Alba, and I couldn't think of a perfect, a more perfect person to end the season with than this man. Uh, the man, the myth, legend, Akasan. What up? What up? What up? It's the season finale, so you began on a high note,
1: and you're gonna end on a cancellation point, butter. There you go. Let <laughs> let 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 let's, let, let's uh, make them headlines. Let's say something controversial. The one oh, and yeah. only, the 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 season one <laughs> and only finale. Here, it's interesting. Uh, last weekend was Tokyo Comic Con, and I got. <laughs> uh approached on stream by somebody else who's been asking me to show up on their podcasts and uh, be part of their interviews and i i try to get to as many interviews uh and podcast requests as i can but it's hard like i was doing one for a newspaper uh last week um it was hard and like like this guy was like almost in tears like saying like man everybody like it." and (laughs) <laughs> to be honest, I honestly have I had I I swear on a stack of TV guides that I've never seen this invite, or at least it wasn't given to me in at least a way a format that I could remember or so. Because you know, as YouTubers, we don't really have any direct real direct line of communication other than a business email which you know greg can uh to uh um agree with this which is like 90 percent spam usually and even in that it's like look some of them seem like legit invites but they're worded just the same way the spam ones are so it's like really hard mm-hmm. to uh, handle it right then if we got x or twitter right then we have instagram so we're getting like all these different messages from different venues and sometimes they just get blocked sometimes mentally blocked and so it was right. <laughs> it was just kind of funny because he just approached like you know alex sinclair a very very popular inker, was like telling me yeah man this podcast is good you should do it you haven't done it yet and i'm like oops <laughs> so, but yes here i am now let's do this
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like you said, Greg is, uh, I think one of the early voices in the space along with you. Uh, I know someone uh, cited you once to me as you guys were, you know, the Mount Rushmore of the reaction space, just getting it started and just kind of like launching into like what it is. That's I think literally today. the first time I've heard that before. The Mount <laughs> Rushmore, I've heard the
1: four horsemen, which was uh, more of a wrestling term and everything. The four horsemen, which was kind oh, yeah. of funny because of the whole apocalypse and then ad apocalypse afterwards. Um, but uh, the Mount Rushmore of reactions, oh my
0: God. <laughs> Uh, and when I started this it was honestly truly inspired because before this I've had a couple of our summits which is where we have our you know colleagues in the space come and like kind of gather and talk about stuff issues that were important to us and uh, you had mentioned a while back uh, the idea of starting this sort of program which is like a space to bring reactors together to talk and share ideas and stuff like that and something i had been like really striving for for the past like few years and now thanks to passion fruit they gave me the resources and the means to like finally finally kick it off and uh i've been really excited to have you on finally just kind of share and bring that full circle. that's awesome
1: well i'm glad once again one of my ideas was taken by
0: somebody else
1: and uh <laughs> made uh money without me knowing <laughs> oh, no, like, that these, <laughs> these, when, when i give these ideas look i mean that's the thing about entrepreneurship or just uh, being an inventor or innovator it's like um your best ideas you keep to yourself right but the, those ideas that you really just want to make them happen yo share that with the world and if you eric if you yourself can get out there and make that create that i can't do it I mean, i, I i could do it but i don't want (laughs) to do it if you can make it happen then i'm more than happy that um somebody else was able to take up the reins take up that idea and make that happen so um nah man props to you man the like i might have inspired it but you made it actually a man a physical manifestation so not
0: props to you on that thank you um but i want to get into your time your history with the channel and the space all of it um, so I'm gonna go back way to the beginning,, uh, which is obviously one of the biggest defining characteristics of yourself is that you live in Japan. You know, that's a huge part of your life and like your online presence. Um, but before that, <laughs> well, what was where are you from pre-Japan? <laughs> what waslogical? which is I, I, I
1: just find that funny though, because again, last week was Tokyo Comic-Con, which is essentially like, uh, San Diego Comic Con or New York Comic Con, but you know, just imagine on a little bit of a smaller scale. But the celebrities that are, uh, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch was here, Tom Hiddleston, uh, Pom Kali, uh, um, Obi Wan Kenobi, I mean, Ewan McGregor, all of them were here. But uh, the point I was gonna say was the fact that um, I'm always a little like weirded out because some people will come up to me and be like, oh my god, Akasan. It's either two things, it's either, oh, YouTube. You, yeah, I've seen you on YouTube, man, like that. Or they know me by Akasan, the Akasan name. But I was a little surprised because a lot of them are Japanese. And you know, when when we were taking a picture, they were like, "Oh man, your Japanese is great." And I'm like, like "I live in Japan," and they're like, <laughs> "You do?" And I'm like, "Like, <laughs> so I, I felt like there was some sort of disconnect here in the fact that maybe my home." doesn't look japanese enough or something but people in japan are watching me but not really connecting the fact that i actually live out here for some reason so it's a a little weird it's a little weird so (laughs) uh but yeah 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 to to answer your question yeah i'm originally from los angeles uh born and raised north hollywood universal studios hollywood baby uh (laughs) toluca lake um stand up that's what's up on my uh (laughs) mexican brothers and sisters out there. Um Clearly my me. mother's yeah. Mexican. <laughs> and um I grew up in North Hollywood until I was about twenty. Then I moved to uh Santa Culver City. Culver City, Santa Monica area over there by uh Columbia, now Sony Pictures. Um right. over there where um they filmed Super Bad as well at the comic book store and um <laughs> Overland Comics. That's where basically I used to collect comics all the time after uh moving out of North Hollywood. Um, some of the most famous celebrities used to come into this comic book store. It was crazy. Like, um, uh, the guy... A lot of... The, and especially a lot of voice actors for some reason. But, um, you know, uh, one of the guys that played Martian Manhunter, he, like, walked into the studio and he used or uh, He walked into the comic book store because that's where they needed to basically get their, like, research material and everything. And he was like, right. I'm looking for some comics on Martian Manhunter. And the guy's like... <laughs> Okay,
0: here you go. <laughs> like, like, it was it was
1: really interesting. Yeah. Really, really interesting.
0: Um, and then what was the uh yeah, the process like deciding to move to Japan and uh, that whole adjustment?
1: Um, well, I was just looking, I was just trying to change my life a little bit, and um mm-hmm. I was just uh it was this was during the Bush administration, Bush Jr. administration, where <laughs> uh the economy was at an all-time low. Things were just different, and I uh was I took some college already at that point, and then uh, there was just an opportunity to study abroad, earn a bachelor's degree in Japan while still living in Japan, and so I jumped at that chance and I uh crossed over as an international student back in 2010 and such, mm-hmm. and um, from that point on. About a year later, if I recall, there was the Tohoku, the Great Tohoku Earthquake, which most people just remember as the 311 uh, earthquake, the Great 311 earthquake, mm-hmm. um, uh, which uh, changed a lot of things for me. And at that time, a little bit after that, um, I moved to a place called Fukuoka, which is a southern, kind of southern west, uh, southwest Japan. And I was it was there where I started studying um how to become an English teacher and I was just kind of bored. And that's when I started uploading to YouTube as I was part of a Facebook Batman Facebook group. Still am. <laughs> it was called the Official Dark Knight Rises Community or something like that. Uh or the <laughs> official Dark Knight Community. And we were all getting ready for the third Batman movie, and uh, at that time, uh, I was—I decided I just wanted to upload my reactions, my to the group, but I didn't really have a video hosting place to do because MySpace would ban all copy my uh, copyright. I'm sorry, not MySpace. Was it MySpace? Oh uh, yeah, it was MySpace. <laughs> MySpace banned all copyrighted material. Um, So I couldn't upload anything like that. And I think Facebook also had the same situation. So I had this channel, this thing called YouTube that I just left in America. Like I uploaded like once during the video game live awards, (laughs) um, Halo three, something like that. And like, so literally like five to seven years later, I come back to this inactive YouTube account. And I'm like, "Oh, you can upload photo, you can upload videos here." That's fine. So I just would upload my reactions up there and share it to my Facebook group and you know, I didn't know anything about how that worked, but you know the videos were public, so other people were seeing them, and you know these random people would just be like, "Yeah, man, that was really good. Oh man, can you do a reaction <laughs> to this as well? Hey, can you do a reaction to uh Thor Dark World?" And I just thought, I just thought it was like people from my group. I never expected yeah. that it'd be like open to a, on a bigger scale, like all these other people were really interested in it. And then, you know, so I just started adding more and more on, and then people were asking me, yeah, man, this was really good. Like, I I really like it, but you know, you can show the video actually. I'm like, really? You can show it. Okay. (laughs) And they're like, did you know that there's other people that are doing this as well? And, um, I feel bad because I cannot remember this dude's name. Uh, but he was like the original Adik the one uh he was like the original collaborator a or collab uh, collaboration person the person i would merge all the different reactions together mm-hmm. and that's when i first learned of this community um his name was like sneaker pimp or like turtle sneaker or something like that and um he did the it. most beautiful <laughs> collaboration videos that really this is before johnny odell and things like this uh he used to do like the mo- the best collaboration videos that made it all really seem like a true community mm-hmm. and that's where i've uh heard about uh that's where i heard about uh tyrone magnus that's where i heard about uh gator martin um and um i i Maybe even at that time, Greg was even I don't even know if Greg was around uh, around that time, but uh, included in those compilations. But like most of those people are long gone and retired are dead, um, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. But that's where I learned about the community situation. And then from that point on, I reached out to uh, Tyrone Magnus um, and we became friends, Uh, I think, down the line, Greg eventually uh greg and i uh started talking and then of course gator martin as well so yeah the uh what did you call it the mount rushmore (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) it seems weird to say that but yeah at that time at that time that's what people were saying the four horsemen the the reactastic four or something like that um yeah (laughs) uh, you know at that time it was a very small little community then it was nice it was a very it, it was exciting it was an exciting time around that time
0: yeah uh and that led eventually to um well, i think one of the first big events you guys did was reactor mania in 2015 yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was like the, again the idea of like the assembling of you know these channels and stuff like that um well was that something like i guess what was the formation of that was this something that you guys sort of like thought of together or was it something that you kind of spearheaded yeah was of like this would be like something, something to do obviously you had to, <laughs> like, to <trip laughs> make. Yeah, yeah. of course
1: <laughs> it was something i came up with but <laughs> but um you know uh but it was I guess the whole idea was just a re- uh, the Reactastic Four, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. So, for you non-wrestling fans, so for the Four Horsemen uh, were—it um, was a really big term in the WCW, which was Arn Anderson, Ric Flair. Uh there were two versions of them so I honestly can't remember either one. Uh but <laughs> I know that they were huge. They were like legendary um uh people and they were like the original evolution uh which is another group or the uh even degeneration X I guess, but the Four Horsemen, they were like the original bad boys of of faction and they had a lot of impact within the wrestling world. So just going through that um, I think at some point I was just like, oh, okay, well, there's so many people that are joining at this point. So many people that are like part of this kind of community that we all kind of work with and everybody was really cool about like collaborating and, you know, even uh sharing reactions together. Um, because at that time, I think the the main thing was it was only it was just the fact that everybody was fans of said content and said material you um you didn't have to necessarily be a a strong fan of star wars but you had some idea the pop culture nerd geek stuff was really big nobody was out here really doing it for money because i don't even think i could be wrong but i don't even think the stuff was fully monetized
0: yet at I think yeah I think Greg had mentioned like he for the first couple of years of his channel he didn't even know you can monetize yeah. your stuff like yeah. he didn't turn it on yeah
1: It wasn't even it it wasn't even like a fa- like it wasn't even like a set up yet I think right. Google had already been sold our uh, uh Google had already bought YouTube, I believe at that point, but it just wasn't like Google hadn't figured out a way to start monetizing full stream through everybody and AdSense was not even a thing yet. So people were just doing it for the love and the fandom. And I think that's what speaks volumes to the way things were back then, as opposed to the way others have jumped on and made it essentially their business model Mm -hmm. to... Be a certain way when reacting and picking certain content uh, to react to that will do better in numbers as opposed to just essentially being a fan of something. So and also the way the audience is looking. I don't think the audience is really looking for those natural reactions anymore. And, um, you know, that's a whole discussion later about commentary versus fan reaction but yeah at that time it was really nice just that everybody was really big fans of things and you know people were excited about the new star wars trilogy coming out um that's before we knew what the new star wars trilogy was how it was going to end um and you know uh companies were really excited about this as well marvel disney has always been super supportive about these reactions and things like that you know i'll never forget jared lettle retweeting uh reaction compilations james gunn same thing like celebrities were behind it of course um um skybound amc uh, or skybound or the walking dead invincible they were all so uh excited about reaction videos Um, that this was a nice prime time, uh, and it was a great, uh, moment in time there until, you know, things have changed. I won't say for the better or worse, but this things have changed. But
0: at that time, Mm -hmm. it was really about just the fans showing their love for the products coming out. Right. Um, and at the time, I mean, again, Greg, I mentioned that there was just sort of like stigma around the early era of reactions. The idea that it was content that didn't have a lot of like effort put into it, but I know, obviously from working in in the field and like obviously what you're you're here now there's a lot of effort that goes into it uh, i guess what was do you remember any sort of yes like hurdle to get over to just kind of get your foot in the door in terms of like the space of the of uh, youtube at that time
1: oh i mean i i think I, I i think the thing is is unfortunately people just kind of looked at uh all reactions the same way but again, if you look at the fans that were doing this kind of stuff, um, the 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 way it really blew up, what were they for? They were for trailer reactions. That was it. That was like that. that my that was the best time was during the trailer reactions i think people tend to forget that it all started around just trailer reactions and that's what everybody kind of remembers the final fantasy trailers uh batman versus superman star wars trailers like this these were the things the the, every marvel trailer that dropped it was crazy right um but then gradually um i personally would say Blindwave was probably the first people that I vaguely remember being one of the first to just go and start doing TV show reactions, right? Mm-hmm. But then every, those things were being edited most of the time. Um, but then there were other YouTubers or people. This is after... I, I think it was after... It has to be after the Star Wars thing because uh, Tyrone... That made Tyrone like such a household name um at that point that he was getting endorsements and things like that and then you know the people that saw an opportunity to jump on this new meta of doing reactions you know they started picking content that wasn't necessarily with the means of wanting to be promoted that same way that trailers were and what i mean by that was a lot of uh newer reactors were just picking other youtubers content and right. reacting to that without any cuts any edits things like that and that's what started this like sort of vengeful sort of uh demonization of uh reactions and such is like you know jack's films was uh a quote-unquote victim of uh, that sort of stuff um what was the uh epic rap battles i remember they had something a little bit to say about it even screw attack with the death battles they had a little bit of something to say with it and you know uh, it, which is understandably so because that was kind of a very very gray area of like okay now you're literally going after youtubers content as opposed to studios who are producing this kind of stuff if 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 everybody had only stayed to trailer reactions and or cutting up uh tv show content we would have never had this demonization of a of of a, of a Of reaction content it was only because of the fact that um some youtubers were reactors were choosing to just go after um uh other youtubers like that and then that became the sort of uh uh feeding ground for content or no critical content uh the people like drama alert and um Mm -hmm. um I forgot that other dude's name, content cop. And they, like that, that became right. like the point, like, look, if moist critical was really around around that time, he would have been jumping on the same thing. We would have seen images of um, Tyrone Magnus or whatever uh, saying the worst YouTuber ever or something like that. Um, he would have been on top of that too, but it just became, it was like the perfect sort of feeding ground for other the, the critical content creators to sort of jump on and complain about so um right i know but you know as far as i know for me i know i always stuck by like the guidelines and i always was like i w- i was comp- like every time i would have to i would show people my analytics and be like look i'm doing the arrow reactions i'm doing the flash reactions and hey look i'm not making jack shit like right now like every time i would show them The dollar sign with the the red dollar sign with the cross out with monetization and i'm just like look dude like i'm like if i'm doing something if i'm making you know if i'm taking this content i ain't making anything because it's all going back to wb and to this day to this day it still is uh especially Mm -hmm. with wb i just uploaded a dune trailer reaction a few days ago none of that money i'm not seeing any money from that um and you know after a while that kind of got annoying too to like to be in that same circle where people are demonizing you know i'm up uh, at that time i was you know i was working an eight-hour shift i would come home watch something on netflix or whatever edit it for three hours four hours upload it and then um um you know the first comment i get is finally or (laughs) or On top of that, it'd be like, man, you really shouldn't just be stealing content from Netflix. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Literally, all this money just went to Netflix. Like, I just did, you know, I put all this extra time into it. Like, I personally would have never wanted TV shows to ever be reacted to and edited and things like that. But I know that's what just people were asking for. I would have, I personally would have been fine with just everything, keeping it to trailers. And have been done with it, but this is the path that has been chosen.
0: Yeah, it's a no. That's a fantastic insight into the evolution of yeah. that whole culture behind it. And then, obviously, because yeah, it started with the trailers, evolved into TV. Now we're, but the past couple of years, we're evolving into movies. Movie reactions are like, yep, we're doing thing, all these
1: movie reactions, and you know, nobody cares. Yeah. Like at this time, look, like nobody cares about it as much anymore because it like that was the thing. It's like, um. I think nowadays people can really tell who's putting in the work and who's not basically like, you know, um, at that time when things were at their worst or whatever, like it was just, it was just a hot thing. Look, now people are uh, getting critiqued for being semi-artistic nudity on Twitch like that. (laughs) So there's always going to be some sort of meta, you know, um, I find this all kind of funny because of the fact that, just what what was it about a year ago less than a year ago twitch was having this situation about reaction content now like how these main these streamers will stream for like 12 hours or whatever and they'll just run a movie well it's not even a movie and it's Mm -hmm. almost it's almost it's almost just as ironic um because it's obviously movies will get you taken down a lot of music will get uh, dmca'd right but it's um it was twitch reactors reacting to other twitch content or youtube content i think it was hell's kitchen i believe that was the one of the trigger points here um the johnny depp trial as well and people started giving shit to those people as well because they're not they're not adding more they're not adding enough to it it's not transitional enough but then It just kind of goes on and passes through once again. So it's like, whatever, at this point, you know?
0: Right. Um, Yeah, but you're totally right, because uh, eventually um, you made the pivot into TV. But around that time, you also uh, obviously made the pivot, as everyone does, into Patreon. And Patreon was like another sort of thing that you had to uh, wrangle, because it's a huge part of the dynamic now of being a content creator. And they have like really such a monopoly on it. Um, and one of the things that you uh, focused on was uh, being very transparent with the audience. It's like, hey, if I had to move some stuff to Patreons, it's for X, X, Y, and Z. And you're always very good about making sure that everyone was, like you said, with your analytics, always up to date about like why you're doing that. And I guess what was sort of like, yeah, your thought process and your reasoning behind just yeah, that transparency, just making sure that everyone's always kind of up to date with like why you're conducting your channel the way you were.
1: Um, I don't know, I guess I, I just did it because like, you know, YouTube has never like it It feels like my, my full time job, right? But it's not the way like I cannot live in Japan and do YouTube only so that like just legally, I'm not able to do that. Uh And so I, I still have a real life job. That I need to go to, and that job has changed over time. Uh, but I, I just thought it was always good to be transparent and honest with the audience. Like, look, like when I was, I was making way more money when I had seventy thousand subscribers, and uh, mm-hmm. through that. Uh, I was making maybe two grand, three grand a month or something like that, and that was like that was amazing at that time, right? <laughs> now pff, I'm barely making two hundred, three hundred dollars uh, because the the audience has just changed dramatically. The content has changed uh, dramatically as well, and people's interest has uh, drifted into other things, right. Um, and so then a lot of that now that income is made up on, as you mentioned, with Patreon with twitch and other means like that so um but i just thought i think it's always important just to be transparent with your audience um as uh but i think the harder thing is understanding your audience as the years go by Mm -hmm. uh when i first started it seemed like everything there was a lot more communication i mean we even had we even had uh youtube actually some of us won't even remember but youtube used to have a direct messaging system um there used to be an inbox and everything and <laughs> that's how i was able to talk to almost every youtuber back then um right. because now if you want to talk to somebody directly you got to get them either through uh twitter or Uh, instagram and that goes there's a lot of verifications for that sort of stuff now all that being said um you know when i first started you know there was a community that was really big this is even this is pre-reactions people were just really excited to see me live my life in japan Mm. um you know a group of the original subscribers got together when i lost my camera in fukuoka on a boating accident you know, they got together, bought me a new camera and everything. And I'll never forget that um, uh, with donations and things like that. Um, and, you know, those were those were happy times. And then as reactions started pouring in more and more, that community was like, well, you know, we understand that this is going to make you more money in the long run than the Japan content. But, you know, as long as you keep on putting up videos every once in a while... Uh, we would appreciate it. So that's why I tried to keep a weekly Wednesday uh, vlog going for as long as I could just to still remember that original sort of group um, Mm. and stay in touch with them. Now, post pandemic, I think a lot of things have changed. And as I have uh, delved more into Twitch, that's kind of been my, place to sort of connect with people because it is a more one-on-one situation uh youtube has done a lot of different things that have kind of deterred me from doing things uh particularly with live streaming i have tried live streaming on twitch so on on youtube so many times and every time i'll lose like a hundred subscribers or something like that and it just doesn't seem like that's the zone for me uh, the place for me to keep doing it i don't know if it's just the age of my channel or what but um you know this year has been like the worst year of actually gaining subscribers i think uh, i think this year is the first year of going into the negatives actually which is crazy um but that also is a thing of where it's like okay well let me take a step back and see where where's my audience where's my audience interest i also know that the mcu has not been doing as well dc obviously has been been a beating a dead horse now so (laughs) it makes sense uh nowadays when i see people uh A lot of people, especially on the military base, instead of like, oh, I watch you all the time. I used to watch you all the time. So (laughs) I I grew up watching you. And that makes sense, though. That would make sense if you've been around for about 10 years. If your primary audience is always going to be fairly young and then they grow out, they're going to grow out of you um, Mm -hmm. and find other things to do or find other interests right because they're not going to be at home all the time you know i'm 43 so a good amount of my audience is probably going to be around in their 30s or so or even uh 20 uh, 25s which means you know they started watching me when they were like 13 15 so it makes sense that they've moved on to college or whatever and they're doing things that just they don't have time to watch youtube as much anymore so it makes sense
0: yeah yeah Uh, yeah and the mention of twitch so yeah that's uh Again, like uh, I've heard from late to the party, you mentioned the same thing where they try live streaming during the pandemic and the same effect would happen. They would lose a bunch of subscribers for some reason. Um, algorithmically, I don't know if that's just like a drawback from it, but Twitch seems the way to go to connect with the audience. Um, and I guess uh, in the, re- the recent year and a half, or so coming out of you know, the heaviest part of the pandemic, um, has there been a shift for you in terms of like just, your, your, again, your output of like your priorities of like going to Twitch, to YouTube, and stuff like that, how you balance that work?
1: Uh, it's extremely difficult. Like, uh, to be honest, like, um, there's and it, like, it always was a big problem because it was just like, well, at one point in time, at one point in time, the priority was always, should always be YouTube because I can sit here and make one video, uh, back in the day, I could sit here and make one video and it make, it would get 5,000 views in one day. Right. Which, um would definitely do a lot more but with twitch it's either i gotta pick my battles wisely because it's like okay with twitch with my time zone if i don't start around 10 o'clock in the morning which is like evening time for you in new york i'm gonna miss the majority of my audience and so if i start you know if so for example today i woke up had mcdonald's i'm talking to you right now after that i gotta f- uh film jujutsu kaisen which is already late because <laughs> it um the v- version that you guys watch uh came out around 6 a.m my time but <laughs> you know then i'm gonna watch it then i send it to my editor i could do it myself but at this point there is almost no point. i mean it's, the only benefit is it cost me less if i just edit it myself but i send it to my editor and then they get it back to me if possible at least a day later or next morning so then it's released and now it's already but for the for the audience that doesn't understand what's going on behind the scenes they're just like damn Akasan's so goddamn late why is he always late doesn't he live in japan isn't that where anime is from? Why is he so goddamn <laughs> late getting this video out like that? And that seems to be the uh, whole struggle that I will always be dealing with um, outside of something like Marvel, uh, Disney+. Plus. It's only just because of the fact that I've moved my schedule around now uh, from my real-life job that I'm available right when the Disney video drops all that right. i can get the video out but then now <laughs> nowadays <laughs> new rock stars and um screen crush all of these dudes are and so they already have these video reaction reviews up an hour after it premiere. and so even at my fastest i i still look late because uh everybody else was are the the bigger the titans now of these reactor review content creators Already have their content up before people are about to go to sleep, and it's just like our right, uh, people are turning in, and so I still look late regardless.
0: Right, <laughs> uh, but you have been fast. I mean, I've seen it before. Yeah. I've seen you on top of these things, like <laughs> as lightning quick as you can, man. So I, I appreciate the effort there. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Yeah, yeah, um, but part of it though is that you always uh, did mention uh, to me because I used to edit for you a couple back uh, videos back in the day for The Walking Dead and stuff like that, uh, which was a lot of fun and uh you always kind of mentioned though that you uh the, the channel's name is comics plus mm. on, like right and that's always the idea of like you want to be more than just the reaction channel you want to have like sort of like brand and stuff like that you can expand with and have an outlet to try new things um and i guess uh yeah over the years uh how have you kept that up in terms of just like trying to not box yourself in just to have the we avenue to be like uh yeah, we <laughs> have, we have
1: tried uh that's definitely another challenge uh post-pandemic um Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's annoying to be honest. Um, it's annoying in the fact because, because of, there's such a struggle with, um, trying to, you know, I remember about eight years ago, the whole idea of a second channel coming out, like, which I always, I really always hated that. Um, but the, you know, people were opening up second channels and, people would open up a gaming channel and um which the gaming side of things i can kind of understand only because with gaming you're just, it's it's still it, it's a it's a it can take up an entire channel and it could be very long streams of a gaming channel but this hmm. idea of like when people were putting vlogs okay i'm gonna just start a vlogging channel right like that and i'm like I've only seen that work for like one or two mega, we're talking million uh million subscribed channels like that where the vlogging channel the alternative channel worked well and even then I've never seen anybody really keep up on either one I always mm-hmm. thought it was just the easiest just to put everything in one channel and you know my channel was a J vlogging channel long before reactions was a thing so mm-hmm. this I just thought that it'd be the easiest just to keep doing that. Um and so I again there were times uh there was a long long time where I would just uh put up videos like i'd be talking about something really serious with the just the vlogging situation or uh, talking about my life and people would be like where's the reaction to the flash when are you going <laughs> to react to that when's it when's this going right and it, like it it would get really annoying at times um but then at the same time i'd be reminding myself well at least they're asking for something you know um, i remember there were times where uh, Drew from Echo Mog or yeah, M-Dog from Struggle Nation was would be on Twitch and this happened to me every once in a while as well but it was a lot easier because I could do everything live on Twitch I could do a live reaction on Twitch with him there's time where he needs to he, has, he can't do a solo reaction but uh, the point I was going to say was like I remember he would have to end his streams on Twitch sometimes because of the fact that there'd be a huge trailer that would come out Right. and they wanted a reaction and they would not shut up about it uh you know and he would just be getting constant react a uh, request and there's nothing he can do about it because he's not a he's not a solo reactor so he would just end the stream and <laughs> just uh, just come back when it's all done right so um yeah. <laughs> it's interesting but those of uh, as far as I'm uh for me now those unfortunately unfortunately are unfortunately a lot of those requests have disappeared now uh when i stopped reacting to that kind of stuff like the flash um a lot of those requests started to disappear um uh, some people were just concerned because they were like are you only just going to react to um comic book related stuff i'm like well that's kind of what the name indicates right like why would i why do i need to watch um i don't know like an example uh somebody uh somebody asked me to uh wanted me to react to i don't know i think some pirate show or something like that vikings or something like that i'd be like why would i want to do that like i might enjoy it this is true i might enjoy it but um I will definitely admit that it's getting much harder to have that same sort of nerdgasm fascination um that excitement that I used to think that's why people tune in for reaction you know to see people <laughs> lose their mind go ape shit or something like that um i can i i just cannot do that i I cannot do that with the Crown, you know I love that show <laughs> that's one of that was that's one of my best shows ever um, that I've ever watched on Netflix but you're not, like, I. it's not for me personally, it's not a reactionable show Uh, props to the reactors out there that can uh, I would say solo reactors because I think group reactions is a whole different thing if I was the normies, if I were blind wave, if I were the real rejects, I could do the reaction to the crown because you have someone to bounce off of but if you're a solo person i was just you know, like there's not <laughs> much i can really say and then people will say this guy's not exactly he's not laughing or he's not he's not looking energetic he must hate this show he's just doing it because it's trendy so it's a it's, it's a no-win situation for me regardless right. you know
0: <laughs> one piece comes to mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, I, I'm, again bringing up the flash and all that stuff it was I mean that's honestly what is what, probably my favorite you know aspects of of your online presence in the last six several years in the latter half of that series is just like your honesty about your positioning with that show and like kind of like the content and stuff like that um and uh, just, yeah, you being able to be truthful about, like, how you carried yourself through those reactions. Uh, because I don't think it's, like, anyone blames you, honestly, who were, was paying attention to the, the show at that time. Oh, my God. Well, like, no, but felt. some people do,
1: like, people were just like, no. When I remember when I announced that this would be my last reaction to The Flash, people were like, no, your channel's going to go down. You're destroying <laughs> your career. I'm like, what car- What are you talking? Like, what career? <laughs> like, literally every video I do on The Flash or Arrow gets blocked by Warner Brothers, then I need to clean it up, then it's finally uploaded and then it gets copyright claimed regardless. Like... What kind of career do you think this really is? Like you think I'm fucking I'm rolling in dough here doing these flash reactions now, you know? Oh my god. So yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah the uh, and the copyright stuff has obviously been like a ever present uh issue. Oh yeah, of uh, course from so the get go. So, you know,
1: I don't I don't blame WB for it. They need all the money they can get right now.
0: So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, what is uh I guess what has been your experience with the copyright issue, the evolution of it, you know, over the years? Um
1: um, I think it still sucks. Uh, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I, I think it, but I, I do believe it is a necessary evil. Um, the problem I have with it is the fact that there's all these fake companies that are posing as legitimate companies and claiming stuff that really like, you know, like, warner brothers so for example warner brothers is all, my end all for be all like i've gotten emails from hbo and they're like dude we love your G- game of thrones reactions but um just trim it down keep it under 10 minutes and try to break it up as much as possible and you'll be good with the um you'll be good with uh, uploading the content i'm like cool sounds good um But then as the regimes have changed and HBO Discovery, all that, you know, then I'll get a copyright claim from a bot regardless Um, months later, years later. But I'm like, at that point, I'm like, look... (laughs) I'm whatever. You want to block this video, it's fine. It's like I'm not gonna retroactively go back and fight over this because my entire the majority of my audience has seen the video, and that's enough at this point. Right. You know? Uh it sucks that they uh for the new people that can't see it, like uh Invincible has come up uh, just two days ago. Somebody was watching my reactions to season one of Invincible, and they're saying how oh, half the season is taken down. I'm like well, I guess it's just taken down because I cannot sit here and just like, as you know, um, you'll get a claim for a certain part of a video. Then through the YouTube situation, the through the YouTube editing style, you can try to take it out, and then that takes four, three to four hours to see if that passed a copyright ch- check the only alternative is to download the video, which means the bit rate looks a little shittier, then edit it and then upload again. But why am I going to be uploading videos that I've worked on three years ago? And that's just more work for me just for a few views like that. So, um, yeah, it's just like, it's just going to be like a moment in time. Um, at that, like, I, I think blind wave also had the right idea because they've mentioned this as well. They're just like, look, If you got a chance to see it in the first couple of months that it was out, that's that. But if it's, if we're having problems like years later for old videos, five years ago, it's just, there's, that you know you'll just have to trust us that it was a good reaction or something like that you know (laughs) right (laughs) um that's all we can really do um but um um i believe the copyright system it's a necessary evil it's just that um i wish there were other ways particularly with anime i don't know why i get targeted so hard for anime um because you would think a black guy that lives in japan for about 13 years here people in America would love to see something like that, you know, uh, especially my views on things, especially for example, Jujutsu Kaisen, which is taking place in Shibuya right now, where I Mm -hmm. work, (laughs) I'm pointing out all these different things and just the traction is terrible on uh, those videos um, for whatever reason. Um, But you would think that I'd be the best sort of target, because to my knowledge, I'm one of—I might be the only black dude in Japan um, <laughs> that is a reactor um, on this scale. I—I I should say. I—but I, yeah. I honestly can't think of anybody else that's out here living in Shibuya or working in Shibuya that could cover Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, but for whatever reason, it's not getting out there to everybody else. So right, right yeah so yeah. and a lot of it a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, i'll upload the video and then it'll be up there for like a day or so um and then a toho or whoever
0: will come in and be like
1: no take take the whole thing down and give me a copyright strike yeah
0: all right uh did you have i guess would you have any sort of insight or advice for anyone who's like sort of getting into the game like that might be running into like any sort of similar issues
1: Uh don't do it um um <laughs> I, if, if I were to, if I were to start now, if I felt like this is something that I really like, the only, the only way I would say is I would say focus on shorts instead. um Shorts, TikTok, things like that. Like I've been doing it for so long that I'm just the, the 10 minute engraved style is just the way I do. And mm-hmm um i cannot think on a tiktok 30 second 60 second sort of scale like vertical like i just cannot uh, think that way um i've tried it a few times on tiktok trying to just do reviews and things like that but that's 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 the stuff that the kids want to see nowadays is like the really short attention span sort of stuff critical. Yes. The reaction is there, but not like a, not a true reaction. Like I think people just want to see reactive reviews more or less. Uh And the way people, you can watch the show, and then give your review and they just want to hear something funny entertaining and while the said content is playing in the background or whatever the case may be so um right i still i, I still think some shows are designed for that reaction content where something is quiet and then somebody dies or somebody's head explodes or something like that. I still think there are moments like that, but they're few and far between. Uh, that was a beautiful time back in the day where the Arrowverse, a lot of those video, those shows were designed to be like reaction worthy, so to speak, where that format worked really well, or the walking dead as well. But mm-hmm. as, as, uh, scripts evolutionize, things change, um, it's not as, uh, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's just changed a lot and yeah. it's a lot harder to maintain. And as you know, as the networks have become, have started creating these a la carte type shows, Disney Plus, Hulu, Sp- uh, Stars, whatever, is so much harder to keep up on being excited and interested for things nowadays um Uh in my in my opinion i guess like my 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 fan natural fan drive is not as existent as it once was but it makes sense because Back in 2016, everything was just so new, so sparkling. We were diving into new territories right now. Even Disney Plus, WandaVision is probably still the best reactionable TV show um, from the Disney Plus era because it was the first one to really premiere. Now Mm. when the Disney Plus content comes out, people are just kind of like, yeah, okay. Well, (laughs) yeah, all right. Yeah, hey, Obi-Wan, like, you know, it's like
0: whatever at this point, right? right?
1: We're just like so passe about all the stuff now.
0: Or at least yeah, I know, I, I guess. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. Just from what I've spoken to with other people and, you know, just seeing these Eye Guys online, I think, yeah, there's uh, definitely an issue of saturation that people have, you know, with like the content that's come out. There's also, I think, the uh, overall issue of like, like you, like you said, back in the day, we had shows like Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead. And like those had like, you know, really strong pops in a way. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you'd have like a main character get killed off, you know, then halfway through the season. Um, I think, well, like now we kind of, have walked away from that and not and not maybe in a bad way, but just the fact that we have shorter seasons now um, you get six episodes of like something that's a slow burn to a finale um, that hopefully has a good payoff. And it's, yeah, it's just hard to maintain that sort of immediate consistent interest. You're kind of just like invested until you get to that. You know, payoff hopefully. That, yeah, a good I think so. Yeah, everybody yeah. just
1: wants to. Everybody just generally wants to see the pop, uh, like in 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 wrestling terms. Everybody wants to see the spot, but nobody wants to see the build up that leads to that spot anymore. Right. So you know, I <laughs> Very guess. Cool.
0: Yeah. Um, but for yourself though, uh, again, balancing the life and the work, um, uh, wow. I mean, you recently got married mm. and that's a, uh, was a big thing. Uh, I guess. Yeah. What was it? Uh, has this year been for you? I guess I uh, balancing that obviously I know weddings take up a lot of time and planning and such. And just like, yeah, again, balancing the work a lot, the work and the uh, life there. Oh uh, well let me tell you
1: uh <laughs> let me tell you something brother um no the hardest thing this year was actually preparing for Spider-Man 2 actually so um <laughs> yeah. like i'm still debating uh, i'm still dealing with it right now with Amazon because i bought a brand new monitor like my 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 uh my fans and my uh, the Red Dread Nation have been laughing at me because they were saying that I've been I've, I spent more time preparing for the release of Spider Man Two than my own wedding, which is not yeah. true. Which is actually, <laughs> I think it was about the same amount of money. Considering the monitor, I got Elgato um, uh capture card. I had to revamp my whole setup just to stream uh, Spider Man Two properly. Uh, right. I got the nineteen inches of Venom as well. Um, <laughs> it was it was it was it was a. Big effing deal. Uh, but um yeah, the wedding just happened. I just had to show up. That was about it. Yeah. So <laughs> I did have my Good family year. come to Japan, which was kinda interesting because um mm-hmm. that was the first time to really deal with people visiting Japan that don't really necessarily care about mm-hmm. Japan. So showing them around showing them around Japan was quite an interesting experience because, you know, they're just there for the wedding and you know. The things that I usually, the trigger points, like, hey, you want to go see a Gundam, or you want to see Akihabara, or you want to see this castle or something. They're like, eh, eh, all right, whatever. Like, so <laughs> it was always this really like stressful time to right. try to get see if they were into anything and they generally were not so um yeah um that that was a little that was probably the the hardest part of this year but other than that everything else was fine dude everything's pretty much the same um there are times though um where um i have to i have to debate the idea of retiring from this space uh from youtube um you know, and I've talked, as you said, I mentioned I'm very transparent with my audience, but, you know, I've talked to my audience about this. And it's just like uh, things are not the way they used to be back in 2016 or even 2020. Um, I've tried a few different things. I tried to put out anime videos and for whatever reason, they just do not connect. They're not finding an audience to go with uh, Twitch. Uh, we have a very strong, supportive group on twitch but um you know we're still nowhere close to being partner um for whatever reason it's hard to attract an audience like obviously i I attract an english-speaking audience so i have to stream at certain times that uh are inconvenient to me but uh, for whatever reason it's still not really grabbing people um fully yet and you know at this point in time at the time when i first started doing the youtube there was a balance of real life work that could work everything could work out but uh post pandemic that work is becoming more and more non-existent just because the industry itself has been changing so that Mm -hmm. being said uh i am in the process of looking for new work real life work a real life work that hopefully will still allow me to continue to do this sort of stuff as well, but um if push comes to shove and I have to actually get like a real real career, then that indeed would be the end of um for overall the end of uh YouTube and twitch which would which would be sad but at the same time, I've had a good ride as well. But you know, if something with YouTube dramatically changes, that would be great. If uh, <laughs> I get partnered on Twitch, that would be great. Uh, I'd hate, to, you know, I. Uh, but now that, as you mentioned, I recently got married, so I am now a unit. Um, I have right. to take more. In the past, it was just just like okay, telling my girlfriend, okay, yeah, 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 money, money, money. Okay, fine. But now I do have a responsibility as a family man to um, that that comes first. So the priority is being more a little more financially stable as opposed to this up and down situation that it's always been previously. So,
0: right. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, it's it's very important and uh, your impact on the space, uh, in my opinion, cannot be quantified. Just because of how long you've been here, and honestly, what the road that you paved for so many people. <laughs> ah, Interestingly, <laughs> <Trustfully>. uh, <laughs> that's sweet. That's nice. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like you said, the responsibilities you know pop up in life as we go on, and uh, if you hang it up, trust me, man, I'll be there till the, till the last day. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Yeah. I'll put the, you know,
1: put the the red dreaded... Uh, jersey in the rafters there you know? <laughs> yeah uh, exactly and then tyrone will come along and cancel it somehow I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see what's up but yeah you, you know hopefully we'll there'll still be another way to try to make it work but you know um uh as you said all this time i've seen what and i've seen what other people have done you know like i've seen the way it works and i've seen other people retire you know there's so so many people uh, turtle quirk no no it wasn't turtle quirk that's not his name oh my god turtle sneaker i don't know anyways this guy who oh, used to do it. all the yeah. compilations <laughs> most of those people are gone long gone now like um none of none of those reactors uh, last uh, have lasted uh, just it's just me and tyrone that's it um <laughs> gator a little bit gator you know um he's still around too but um you know yeah priorities change and people's lives have to change and um uh, i certainly hope that there will be a better way that that's all i can uh, all i can keep on doing like i'm uh i've tried hiring a youtube manager um you know, and then unfortunately on Twitch, uh, with Twitch, there's a lot of like scams out there. There's actually right. a lot of YouTube SEO scams that will email you talking about how they can help build your channel or whatever. And you just there's like, yeah, you're, you're kind of here just doing whatever you can, basically. <laughs> you
0: know, Yeah. Um, well, I want to start wrapping this up here Sounds with, right. uh, again, just just some uh, ideas of uh, what you've been through over the years. Uh, I guess what would you say? is the most consistent obstacle you've uh faced with the channel over the years
1: <laughs> um struggling to become uh, str- uh, struggling to stay relevant that's that's <laughs> probably the most consistent challenge here is um is uh it, it, i guess it's always because you can no matter how well you're doing cuz in, in in retrospect looking back you know geez, even looking back at 2017 2018 I do a random flash reaction and um it was like 80,000 views right 80,000 views at that time that felt like nothing to me that that felt like I was like oh, um uh, this is this is nice 80,000 people watch but everybody else is getting 300,000 at that time. Right now. <laughs> I wish I could be getting 80,000 views of video like that. Um, so, you know, perspective is everything, but it always feels like you're chasing, um, you're, pr- you're going for that brass ring. You're chasing that carrot on a treadmill sort of thing. Um, you know, you see, especially on Twitter, cause nobody's calling it X. Um, especially on Twitter, you see so many tweets go viral. Um, and now there's money to make with those viral tweets. You're just like, man, I want to be like that. I want to be, keep doing that on YouTube. I see, uh, X video doing really well. or another affiliate or, uh, uh, an associate, their video doing well. And you're like, damn, I want to do that. You know, I would love to make technology videos. Um, but on my main channel it just doesn't seem like that's working. I've interviewed a lot of people in the adult industry, a lot of celebrities in general, but particularly within the adult industry, you know, I put together these really cool podcast things the last couple of years. and um, my main audience just isn't vibing with it and mm-hmm. it takes some time or struggle like to, get out there to anybody else even though for the longest time people were asking me to do a podcast and everything and so the moment i put all of that together nobody's watching it now so it's kind (laughs) of just like oh man um so that's always that i think that's been the biggest challenge is like trying to figure out what the audience wants and how to do it without spending a lot of money and making sure the The money comes back in, so we can continue to keep producing more content like that.
0: Right, right. Uh, and uh, I guess, how have you personally grown uh, over your time with the channel? Um, nothing phases me at
1: this point. I guess, like, I guess that's the main thing. Like, there were there was a time where what people said online would bother me a lot. Um, it wouldn't, ne- it wouldn't necessarily depress me or anything like that. Um, but, um, I become desensitized to so much of that, uh, that it never really gets to me. So when it happens live on Twitch, it's just kind of like, whatever at this point. Um, but at the same time, the desensitization has expanded into my, uh, excitement as well. So I wouldn't necessarily call it burnout, like, uh, but it is a thing of just like, okay, like, you know, like I personally, I thought the trailer for the Marvels was great. Um, Mm. the trailer, the trailer for the Marvels (laughs) was great. The inclusion of the beastie boys and all that. I thought that was just such a cool, uh, trailer, you know, but the majority of the, the, the audience, or at least my audience, uh, didn't think so. And so (laughs) that changed in some form or fashion, changed my excitement going into to watch the marvels now whether or not that aligns correctly who knows but yeah you know the marvels was whatever of a movie so now when marvel announces something new to come out it's kind of just like Meh, okay when we see the x-men sort of mentioned um at, in a marvel movie or whatever it doesn't have that; it doesn't carry that same vibe or hype that it once used to, you know. All right. So that's definitely how I have grown or changed in comparison to the past. So, you know. right,
0: right, yeah. And uh, my final question here uh, would be: uh, I guess beyond any sort of uh, financial value, uh, what do you think is still the most rewarding aspect of the channel for you?
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Probably exactly what it, what it always was from the beginning was when you upload something as a fan, <laughs> or when something really cool happens in a video, um, and you get that nerdgasm about it, and then you see other people in turn also reflect that same sort of energy. That's the coolest thing. Um, you know, it just happened. Re- it just happened recently with some particular video i i don't remember what it was it was either no it wasn't godzilla because everybody was talking about godzilla's gay for some reason now um but it it was something within the channel in the last couple weeks and that uh, like i thought it was really cool i thought it was like a really good work the trailer was produced really well uh maybe maybe blade maybe blade maybe it was blade Uh um that uh, that thing for blade and you know other people coming in and being like oh man uh bethesda said they're really doing it for the culture and yeah we're just having a really good uh time making jokes about it and really feeling it that's what it's all about for me is like just, that's the thing. Cause then that in turn gets me more excited for, um uh, for the product that's about to come out. And, you know, again, that's what, again, that's what it's all about. Uh, another one recently was the venom trailer. Uh, one, one of the Spider-Man two trailers venom oh was up there and I'm like, you know, and I, I'm hearing Tony Todd's voice and everything. And then I, in turn, come around and i'm just like we're gonna heal the world and people are like <laughs> holy shit, bro you should be venom that was a crazy venom voice man like that and like people i don't know why i made the comment sound like that but um you know people are like holy fuck, that was great and that for yeah. me as a part-time voice actor also makes me excited and i'm just like you know and then tony todd comes along and likes the video and uh, retweets uh, the clip and everything. And I'm like, holy shit, Venom actually recognized me, you know? You're one of us now. Or something like that, right? And so that, in turn, is what it's all about. is like seeing something like that. And then, if I'm lucky, the company will... Sony has approached me every once in a while, and they're like, Oh, can we use that clip or can we use that reaction? Do you still have the full one for like we want to use it in a compilation. I'm like recognized. I love it. Yeah, so that awesome. that that in that in turn yeah. uh is uh what it's all about, I guess for me. And then every once in a while when celebrities will come up. Like I don't get this chance too often. But when I go back to LA or when I go to Comic-Con or whatever and the celebrities like um I can't even remember his name right now. Um, uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, David. Um, he was he was in the Dark Knight as well. He also was in the Flash, played a magician. Um, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Oh, uh, David
0: Smallshin. There you go.
1: Yeah. He 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 looked at me. He was like, "Hey, I think I know you, bro." And he was like, <laughs> "I was like, oh shit, like that, you know?" Um, when the uh, cyborg actor, I'm terrible at remembering people's names <laughs> when I'm live. But yeah. um Ray, Ray, Fisher. you know what I'm talking uh, F- Fisher, yeah. Fisher, Ray Fisher, he was like, I watch your videos, and I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, I watch your videos, keep up the good work, man. I'm like, Oh, thank you, like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, so getting notification like that uh is always uh an amazing thing as well. So
0: yeah. That's what it's all uh, that's about fantastic, to yeah. answer your question. Yeah. Right, <laughs> that's a great answer. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> with <sorry>. celebrities, I like to wrap things up here with our final questionnaire, as sure. we do for everyone. Uh, just ten questions down the line. Uh, first question is: uh, What is your favorite TV show of all time? Damn, of all time, all yeah. time TV. I right, guess maybe something that just comes to mind right now. Just what's 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 on your mind. Uh.
1: I was gonna say the Crown. Um, so TV show and now Netflix specials are very different because, like for me, I thought <laughs> right. the Queen's Gambit was great. Like I don't, I don't really feel like. <sighs> netflix shows are technically tv shows because they're not written in a certain format and they're like almost like mini movies because each Mm -hmm. episode's like one hour so i love the queen's gambit and i thought that was great the crown was great but i feel like netflix shows are exactly that just netflix shows um and it's hard to compare them to syndicated tv shows when especially when that was a thing you know like Mm -hmm. i could say the flash uh uh, and then when you compare like the flash season 1 versus the final season it's like what um <laughs> you know arrow there are so many moments you know uh game of thrones um oh man but if i were to say my favorite tv show like some uh i will uh, i'll i will tell i will just say the shows that i enjoy the most currently because it's hard to say of all time, but uh, what I've enjoyed currently was um, Invincible. Mm -hmm. I like Invincible. I think the voice acting is fantastic on this show and deserves a better animation budget. And that's not (laughs) to take away from the animators that are working on it right now, but I do believe that the voice acting is just so, the talent is so good in terms of voice acting that it's not carrying across on an animated level and right. I wish Amazon would put more into it, because um, uh, I think there needs to be more respect for animation in the West, um, and more budget and time put into it. Um, but that is Invincible. House of the Dragon, I think, is still fantastic. Uh, such a fantastic show. Um, the, uh, the the lighting work could use a little bit of work, but that's that's a, that's a different thing um like i I've, I've said it a few times the crown the crown yeah. is just so fantastic oh, One of the best shows i've ever seen um and the way they uh mm. make this kind of mockumentary season you know i've never cared about the royal family or england in general but this has <laughs> been a this has been a great great show uh to watch so that yeah. that's all i can really say it's just what comes to mind right now
0: I'll take that. I think the crown's a good answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what would you, then? Hopefully, it's easier. What would be your favorite film?
1: Oh, The Dark Knight, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, The <laughs> Dark Knight. Like that's The The
0: Dark Knight.
1: I don't think anything will ever come close to that point in time, the the experience, everything. And that was before, this is, for me, The Dark Knight was before YouTube. So this right. was a very special time when uh, things were not sort of battered down by cynicism. Um, and I definitely think The Dark Knight Rises sort of hurt from that as well because of how big The Dark Knight was. The only direction The Dark Knight Rises could go was down. So um, okay. <laughs> it was really hard afterwards, you know?
0: Yeah uh and then next question is uh what stresses you out um (laughs) i was gonna
1: say this but then it sounds like the interview but no no um the the unknown that stresses me out not having Mm -hmm. a plan like the unknown not having a plan it used to be a thing of like i just make a video and it just catches heat and it gets really well and then um but nowadays what stresses me out is just the unknown of what's going to happen to this channel next year what's going to happen to me next year um am i going to have to change up my entire job um how can i maintain twitch um is it even worth being part of uh, being partnered with twitch is kick a better solution is kick going to be around (laughs) um, next year it's just a lot of unknown variables right now in my life and um I want to be able to hold on to everything, uh, but, and not have to let go of anything, but, um, there's no sort of plan. There's no sort of, uh, guide as to what I should do to keep the YouTube channel strong, to keep Twitch strong. So that yeah. all those unknown variables in, in, am um, I'm essentially, I, I mean, I know I live on Japan, in Japan anyways, but I'm. I'm alone on an island in this battle because I'm the only person that knows what's going on, and there's nobody else to really talk to about it out here, uh-huh. uh, particularly in in this country. So it's very, right. it gets kind of very stressful most of the day, every day.
0: <laughs> uh, and the next question is then: uh, What helps you relax?
1: Not weed. Um, <laughs> can't get that out here legally. Uh, uh what helps me relax um ironically ironically somewhat the same stuff just producing content uh being on twitch talking to the fans uh help uh playing games where i am the boss to beautiful women yakuza zero great game right now um doing that uh going out drinking with my friends not doing irl though because that irl actually causes me a lot of um, anxiety uh so i generally don't like to do it that often unless it's a very specific situation and a lot of money is coming in but otherwise just going out hanging out with the with industry friends and just talking about this kind of stuff tends to help a
0: lot right uh and uh what hobby or passion do you have outside of tv and film um I like art. I like dealing mm-hmm. with art and
1: um you know I used to draw and make cartoons and things like that but um I generally like to build um mini 4WDs. Um they're like these right. basic slot car. Oh, here's. Oh, is this on oh, the ground here? You might have to edit this. Okay, so <laughs> uh so one of my things is uh I ran into this. I don't even know when I went to exchange my iPhone uh last year um i even got a whole building kit now it usually just comes in a small box but i like to make these mini race car slot sort of things uh, oh like wow. you put yeah. these on you put these on these giant tracks or these yeah. tracks and you race them around and this is just kind of cool like this is my little hobby here that i like yeah. doing it's called mini 4wd And, you know, I even, uh, I made a Batman theme one. The original idea, it all started with just doing um, Batmobile-inspired slot cars. Uh, But then I moved on to making, like, more of a Superman one as well, right there. Oh, I see. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. And it's all, like, you just paint them, and you've uh, fixed the insides and everything. It's, mm-hmm. really cool. um, there, that's it's really cool. It's 3D printed as well. Um, that's like, so everybody that does 3D printing is beating my ass at the um, <laughs> at the racetrack. But, you know, I, I just like this. And I even got a little um, camera that I attach to some of them. Sometimes Um got yeah. little um, uh, uh, motors, depending on which sort of how fast I want it to go and everything. That's
0: awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is so nerdy. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: that's Oh, that's very cool. <laughs> Honestly. The uh the, the Superman design is super cool on that one.
1: Yeah, so I like I like <laughs> doing that and I just like I just like building things because um, you know, that is the control that sometimes I'm looking for the patients that I like. Um, uh, my father was the one who got me into all this sort of nerd stuff to begin with and almost named me after a star Wars character, um, R2D2 or, uh, C3PO, but, um, right. uh, he got me into all of this sort of stuff. And so he used to, when I was young, we used to sit up here and make like models and plastic PVC models and stuff. Um, yeah and would paint them and everything and so it kind of reminds me of that pastime.
0: that's awesome yeah it's really beautiful Mm. um what uh fictional character do you relate to or care deeply about oh
1: man uh
0: well caring deeply about is
1: definitely uh definitely batman for sure yeah of course um (laughs) that's my number one guy uh right after that a close second is um uh i guess i guess uh, I was going to say Spider-Man, but not really. I, I like Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man, but over the years, I think uh, Miles has uh, become a, a lot more relatable and things like that, where mm-hmm. uh, the, some of the writing they've done for Peter Parker has been a little bit like, yeah, okay, that's a little too much, dude. You're, you're getting your ass beat a little bit. For, for being the <laughs> 40-year-old or 35-year-old man, you, you're getting your ass beat a little way too much Um, in terms of um, morality and what a man should be nowadays like that right. so um <laughs> you know but that, that that's a whole different conversation <laughs> um, um relatability oh man i guess batman i guess in, in some yeah. form or fashion uh because it's all it's always about the mission and it's always about like never giving up and kind of just being the best uh, being you're at your peak performance no matter what your age is or whatever
0: All Right? yeah i see that <laughs> <laughs> um what is your uh, guilty <laughs> <that's> pleasure <man. laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your guilty pleasure show or film
1: ah great question uh kaki goody um hmm? gambling i think it's called gambling high school or gambling university or something like that uh it's called kaki goody um it's ridiculously uh perverted looking, um, which it's not really supposed to be. I mean, it's, it's, it's they know exactly what they're doing, but, they um all the animation is done very similar to a very popular hentai back in 1990s called bible black guide uh bible got Gaiden or something Mm. like that and Mm. uh that animation style is so far so superb to me like um you can tell the animators are enjoying themselves because they're actually able to make beautiful artwork um and uh, animation and it's just um and you know even in Japan's, you know, we, we talk about the whole woke industry in America and things like that. But I also feel like in Japan, there's a lot of shortcuts being taken. And um, sexiness is not as... A sexy anime is just not as predominant as it used to be in the 90s and early 2000s. And so uh, Kakiguri, to me, is one of the best shows because of the fact that every uh, everybody in there looks so beautiful. And there's so much uh, usage of... Uh, uh, crosshairs and hard lines and a uh, shiny gl- glimmer uh uh shiny um the glam shininess look uh, that mm-hmm. uh, is so absent in today's mainstream anime that um, I just love that show so much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. The nostalgic art style. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Gotta, gotta love that. Gotta love
1: that. And I think there is <laughs> another, oh, and then also sing, singles, inferno. infernal sing singles Inferno is just a dumb reality show, but I watch it um, uh, with my wife and um, we enjoy it. We know it's probably fake. There ain't much more. Like, we know it's fake. We know the drama is hyped up for a particular reason. But it's just kind of a nice little show to watch and take a break from. uh, You know, not everything needs to be so serious.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What show or film gave you your favorite reaction experience with the channel?
1: See, a lot of my stuff has been trailer-based. But when it comes to a show... Um.
0: yeah or trailer I'll take a trailer answer oh, if man, there's one no, that my stands trailer,
1: out obviously everybody knows it's the Civil War the Civil mm-hmm. War trailer where Spider-Man first shows up because like that that's something I can never take back I can never do again and that's something else that has been missing a lot from um, these trailers nowadays is like there's no hype anymore that same way that was a first time appearance the first time thing that you'll like i cannot reproduce that ever again that was like the craziest nerdgasm ever um (laughs) that um yeah it's gotta be i feel like it's either that or um i'm sure there's a bunch of batman stuff out there as well um Um, I'm sure there's a few Batman episodes that I've watched that I've uh, teared up a bit. Ah, uh, My Hero Academia Season 3, that was a big one as well. Um, I don't know exactly what episode it was, but it was after the pinnacle battle between All Might and All for One. The Uh episodes afterwards when um, All Might is doing an apology tour to all the students and i guess me also being a teacher i felt that and he's on his hands and knees crying and you're seeing the uh you're seeing flashbacks of young midoriya with uh his young much skinnier mom at the time um (laughs) and like just talking about it now makes me tear up but that was just like that was like the definitely one of the rarest times an anime has made me feel that uh um emotional like that was rough like still thinking about it today it was really good
0: yeah that's a good one that's a great uh great time uh and what show or film do you wish you could erase from your memory and react to for the first time on camera
1: (laughs) well in terms of just erasing from my memory batman versus superman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um but not I, I wouldn't want to watch it again um uh it's it's hard to say because i would say the dark night the dark mm-hmm. night but the problem is you cannot watch the dark night now with the same right. context it was at that moment in time that was a huge situation so it was just a perfect sor- storm situation um mm um maybe chainsaw man um in some form or fashion uh chainsaw like like a lot of shows especially chainsaw man or jujutsu kaisen i feel like it would have been better if i could have obviously it doesn't work this way but if there's some way so if there's some form or fashion that i could watch these shows and react to them as a bulk situation compared to weekly the show would be better for me um because i feel like chainsaw man's pacing hurts uh weekly and it was kind of just all over the place like the story was not really delve and uh, jujutsu kaisen also suffers from this as well is that if you've read the manga you kind of know what's about to happen so it all makes sense but if you're just kind of watching it like without researching or just kind of like passively watching it. You're like, wait, what soul does what to who? What? Huh? Like, no. Oh, okay. Whatever. They just kind of fight like that. Um, <laughs> watching it as a bulk tends to, make a lot more sense sometimes like there was even like a few episodes ago with uh some main dude was about to die in jujutsu kaisen and then he starts seeing visions of somebody else and i'm just like who the fuck is that like like <laughs> who is this guy <laughs> well, like i was like and i had this assumption that he was connected to somebody else that i saw in a previous episode which was true but there was no sort of connecting point that the character who was envisioning him except for like two seconds in like months ago that they were yeah. on screen together i'm like wait what they knew each other so <laughs> it's little things like that that i'm like okay if i could have watched it all as a bulk maybe it would have had a bigger impact on me
0: yeah i can see that that makes sense yeah. uh, i know a lot of people said the same thing about um attack on titan if they had not <laughs> been able to watch that final season god. as one season not a three-year. Oh my
1: god series. like that was the worst part about attack on titan because i love attack on titan like that's one of if i were the top uh anime shows of all time is attack on titan uh, without a doubt but that breaking up of it and saying the final season for four years is crazy um yeah. but um um but that ending point that just would have been best if it was together with that. Because that first half was amazing. But mm-hmm. watching that second half, especially if you don't really remember everything that happened months ago right. with that first half, it's kind of just like, oh, was that it? Oh, okay. You, <laughs> yeah. you might as well just have put that all together. They yeah. <laughs> should have released it as a movie or something. I don't know, man.
0: Yeah, I would have been down for that. That would have been, been much better yeah uh and the final question here what advice would you give to your past self when you first started the channel
1: uh, either don't do it um that's a hard one that's a real hard one because I like if I'm really that serious about it if I really want to do this like I have a good life now but If I really want to push this YouTube thing all the way, uh, pack up my bags, leave Japan, um, uh, move back to LA and, uh, assemble a team of like-minded individuals to share the channel with Because even back then, I could see it that solo reacting is not going to last as long as a group reaction. People, there is a, the audience loves that shared space of being in a group. And um, that's one of my biggest disadvantages is as much as I try to share the channel with other people, it's just, it's going to be very rare, especially after a, a pandemic now. Um, right. It's really hard to find people with some sort of skill um, on camera and that can speak English. Now, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you'd imagine that um, it'd be great. You know, I'm around a lot of women all the time, the Japanese women out here all the time, and some of my fans like to see them, but they just don't speak English. And so, and they don't really have that big of an interest in superhero stuff. So, mm-hmm. um that kind of reaction what people want to see it is just just doesn't work like that and i can't get them together all the time but you go back to la and you can just find anybody that's a upstart actress or actor and you can all be friends just based on that and um you know that would blow up the channel a lot more um still there's always a risk you know, involved with that as well, but definitely that would have been the better move if if I wanted to invest in YouTube a lot more. So right. that's all,
0: I guess. Yeah, yeah, that is. No, that's a fantastic. But I, would, I, I That's.
1: But that being said, I don't. Even if I did give my younger self that advice, I probably wouldn't have taken it because I would. Have, yeah. I, I wouldn't have given up on Japan just for YouTube. So
0: yeah yeah i think uh a wise decision as well though yeah. because i think uh your lifestyle in japan is such like like i said a defining feature of yourself and honestly something i really respect about your insight you know coming from everything that you can provide for us in the space appreciate it yeah uh Aksan, thank you so much for joining us today man uh your again your, your legacy lives on <laughs> i uh appreciate just everything you've done for the space and for me personally just like uh, hear me out help me out through the years to get me involved in the space as well nah man you did it all yourself no problem i'm, I'm just a guiding light
1: to to <laughs> shimmer out into the cosmos one day
0: <laughs> uh thank you for joining us uh on this episode if you're watching this on youtube please like, subscribe all that good stuff if you will see this on the passion Food newsletter please share that as well we appreciate all the new followers there and we'll catch you on the next episode
1: peace y'all